Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Washington fans, welcome to the Burgundy Network podcast, part of the Capital Network, which is launching soon. This episode is brought to you by 500 Level, who specializes in officially licensed shirts to help you rep your favorite teams and players. And even though the Washington season is over, being a Washington fan is a 24-7, 365 job. So make sure to get your gear from 500 Level. And if it's not Washington, get your favorite MLB, NHL, NBA teams, and even your favorite wrestlers, which I thought was pretty cool because it had some throwbacks that I actually liked. Uh, But use your code BNP20 to save 20% off on your order. Brian, it is sad to say the season has come to an end, but I think we can both agree it is not on a sad note like we thought it would, but on a hopeful note. What's your first thoughts as a season came to an end? Yeah, obviously you don't want to, I don't think there are any moral victories uh, in football, but that being said, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of positivity to take from uh, that game against Tampa Bay, but also this entire season. I mean, just really like the foundation that Ron Rivera is building. Just really like Ron Rivera, period. Um, It's really exciting. And, you know, they've lost playoff games before and I've never felt like this. Like I feel hopeful for what's to come. And I was just thinking back to the last time they were in the playoffs. It was with Kirk cousins. They jumped out to the big lead uh, against the Packers. They ended up losing. And then it was all of a sudden like, okay, what's going to happen with Kirk's contract and da 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 da. So many things right now. I feel like this team is just building and this is just the first step. And I really believe that. Yeah. This team is building off the field and on the field. Uh, Like you said, I was just glad to be in the playoffs. To me, like that was a win to us. Huge. This is supposed to be a quote unquote rebuild. Like people were like saying, oh, well, let's, let's like not win games because we know like we're just rebuilding. Let's just think about draft capital. And we just saw the second half of the season, how everything just started clicking, how Alex Smith really led this team. And on this episode, we're going to talk about a lot of good stuff, Um, really just recapping the season in a way and looking at the hot topics for the offseason, talking quarterback situation and playing a little fun game at the end. But first things first, like we said, Washington falls to the Bucs 31-23. And to me, this was a game of Tom Brady just being exactly who he is, the GOAT. We said how he's been in more playoff games than Washington has as an organization by one. But still, it's just Tom Brady being who he is. Defense probably having one of their worst games this season. But that's expected with Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Godwin, Gronk, Evans. Like yeah. it just it goes on forever. It seems like their their weapons never stop. And then that offensive line we saw Smith and Wirfs both had a phenomenal game, uh really holding off that pass rush. Did Brady really impress you by how much he did with us? Because we kind of talked about in the pregame, 
you know, oh, our defense is going to do so much against him. He's just a sitting duck. What impressed you the most with Brady in that offense? Yeah, I mean, he got the ball out quick, and he got it to a bunch of different guys. You mentioned all those uh, weapons he had, and they all came up in, in big spots. I mean, even Gronkowski, him blocking on Chase Young a couple of times was huge for them. So, uh, you know, maybe we didn't give enough credit to Tom Brady going into the game, but can't give him enough after that one. He just uh, made all the right throws, made great decisions. A couple throws where it looked like the pressure was finally going to get to him. He stepped out of the way and made the perfect uh, throw. And to the tune of over 500 yards of offense, that's a pretty good day. And like you said, it was it was the absolute worst time for the defense to have one of their worst games. And that being said, they still, you know, forced some three and outs. They they bent and, and didn't break for a couple of field goals there when it could have gotten way out of hand. So definitely had a shot, um, it, it, you know, give all the credit to Tom Brady and the Bucks, but I, I'm going to give equal amounts of credit to this team for being able to hang with them on their fourth quarterback uh, starting in the season. So, uh, a lot of positives to be to be taken away, but you know the goat is the goat, and he proved it last night. Yeah, Washington surprisingly enough finished first in the NFL with only 36 completions allowed of 20 plus yards. The defense, I mean, and we saw some of the big plays, and we were hard on the defense early in the season, but they really buckled down. Oh, yeah. But out of those 36 plays of 20 plus yards, Tom Brady and the Bucks had seven of them. You're not going to win games when you're giving up big plays like that. We saw even Antonio Brown, like we talked about him coming on, him making big plays right off the bat. As soon as I saw him catching balls like that, I was like, all right, this is this is going to be a long night if the secondary doesn't right. buckle down. A lot of offseason topics for the defense. We got Landon Collins' contract. What's going to happen with him with Cam Curl balling out? Darby situation. Are we keeping him around? The draft, are we drafting another safety, linebacker core, Ruben Foster? I mean, there's so much right. on the defense. You want to keep everybody together. Can we trade a D lineman for great assets? And that leads me to one of the hottest topics. We saw Kerrigan walking around on the field last night, just really soaking it up. And just him talking to the media after the game had a feel to me of, there was a strong 50-50 possibility of him coming back or not. So my question to you, was that Kerrigan's last game in the Burgundy and Gold? I really do think it was. And I, I, I say that because I heard him say that he, he wants to be a starter. Yeah. And there is no shot at him being a starter on this team. I mean, for as quiet a game as Chase Young had, and Montez Sweat got one sack, um, you know, those guys have solidified that pass rushing, those two pass rushing spots. And I just don't think Kerrigan's going to be anything more than a, a role player. And I, I appreciate all that he's done for the Burgundy and Gold. I mean, it started with the the pick six off of Eli. I mean, all the great moments that, that he's given this team. But, you know, time passes some people by, and I think it's caught up to him. And I, I think that, you know, if he could go help a team and be a second rusher, but you know, whether or not he's a starter is a different story. I just don't think he's going to be a starter here, which makes me think that he's done in Washington. And, you know, that's okay. I, I'm, I still will think of him fondly, even if he goes and plays two more years somewhere else. He'll still always be a Washington Redskin or a Washington football team member. That, that won't take away from it. But I do think that he's uh, done and he played his last game last night. 
I agree with you. And to be honest with you, I was one of the guys that was just hard on Kieran going into the season, especially making like what, 12 mil a year. I was like, yeah. you know, I just, I felt like with the injury, that to me was like the the last leg of Kerrigan. And he absolutely balled out this season as a rotational role playing guy. Like, he stepped up. And like you said, he talked about that. Like, I don't think anyone really wants to be a role guy. Like, I want to be a starter. And I could see him going somewhere like Tennessee or Baltimore, a Super Bowl contending team that just needs one good pass rusher and starting in one of those teams. I could absolutely see it. I agree mm-hmm. with you. I think this was the end of Kerrigan. And he, and just the feel of listening to him, like you said, it kind of had that feel of like, I know what this team is right now with Sweat, with Chase. And then in the inside, we have Matt Ioannidis coming back. We have Tim Settle, who came on with limited snaps, making big plays, big sacks. Jason Smith Williams, another rookie who had a couple of plays this season, him coming in rotation. I mean, it just seems exactly. like. We're getting younger, we're getting fresher, and Kerrigan's just kind of like the odd one out. And he just realizes this is the last few years of his career. Yeah. And he just wants to be a starter. Yeah, no doubt. And there, you can't take anything away from him. I mean, when he when guys were going down left and right, I mean, I think he played every snap his first season, if not more than that, uh, you know, into his second or third season. He just was always out there. And when guys like Brian Arakpo were getting injured and then Preston Smith, you know, uh, went on to a, a big contract in Green Bay. He was just always the stalwart. So I will always be a fan of his. But, you know, time, you know, it catches up to people. It's the reason why, you know, Dwight Freeney didn't end his career with the Colts. It's the reason, you know, Justin Houston's now on the Colts. I mean, not to Jason just keep Pierre bringing up Paul the, and... Yeah, exactly. John Abraham didn't finish with the Jets. I mean, it, it just happens that way. It, You know, I think you're absolutely right. Him going to a contender would be huge. Uh, him being like the second uh, pass rusher and getting more snaps is what any guy would want in that situation. I mean, I, I, I totally see him being a uh, Chris Long type type guy that just comes in situationally, whether it be starter. You know, I know he wants starter reps, but just on a team that is right there and one piece away. And I hope he gets that because he, he's been a great player and he deserves to go out on top. I just think, like you said, they're getting younger and having an older guy just it doesn't fit it's a it's a puzzle piece that just doesn't fit anymore and and it's time to move on i know and we're gonna have people that jump on us like well we're contenders we were just in the playoffs like yes we are contenders we're building but like we're not one piece away we're not one piece away maybe we're maybe but not not one pass rusher i'll say yeah but like we said it's just with the situation no other team in the league right now in the super bowl contending situation has the d line and depth that we do We're the only ones that have that young, fresh, literally Chase Young. Like, it's just, that's who we are right now. That's our identity. Like, maybe the 49ers, if they get back into it, like, they would be, like, our twins, essentially. But, like I said, Tennessee, Baltimore, a team like that, that's just right on the verge, that could just use a vet pass rusher to kind of get over that hump. Because, like we've seen, defense wins games and championships. So, obviously, Alex Smith was inactive. Taylor Heineke, you love Heineke, I love Heineke, Hail Heineke, gets the start, turned into an instant hero. And I I just, I want to talk about, obviously we've he's been talked about so much lately. I mean, the national media is all on Heineke, and that's going to be the talk of the offseason. What do we do with him? Do we sign him to a long-term contract? Like, how much do we give him? Are we bringing him back? Is he quarterback one? There's so many... Questions of, Tons of questions. What about Allen? Is his ankle okay? 
are we going to draft Mac Jones, Trey Lance? Is Deshaun Watson still coming to Washington? Like, <laughs> to me, the quarterback question is going to be the biggest one. And we'll throw out every possibility and every answer. But with this game, it was the Heineke show. Got the start. To me, it just looked like he had no fear. He was just all in and confident for just throwing the ball, letting it rip. And he didn't really make any like stupid passes to where you're like, whoa, Heineke, where were you going with that? Mm. Every single pass was spot on. It went with a purpose. Yes, there were some drops. Cam Sims, you're killing me, brother. You can't drop some of those balls. Same, same with Steven Sims. But every single pass had some zip to it, and he knew exactly what he wanted to do with it. And then he shows us what he does with his feet. The Superman touchdown, um, but ending the game, 26 for 44, 306 yards, one passing touchdown, the one tipped interception, six carries, 46 yards, and like I said, that one magical touchdown. But that's not the most impressive stat. One AC joint separation in his shoulder, and he still played in the fourth quarter. How does he do it, Brian? Uh, it was unreal, man. Um yeah, there, there. You, you brought it up. There's so much to digest from this, but I'm just gonna go uh, to the basics. I mean, this guy comes in. Who knows when he was told officially that he's gonna start? But the fact that you know he goes on short notice, regardless. I mean, because Alex Smith started on Sunday night against the Eagles, and so it's a short week already. So you know that Taylor Heineke, you know, at the earliest wasn't told until Monday, Tuesday. You know, you know, whatever. Just the fact that he went out there and did that and went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. Um, and then you throw in all the other stuff, the iconic uh, Superman touchdown, like you mentioned. Him coming back out when it looked like his game was over and then throwing a dime to Steven Sims in the end zone. I mean, there's just so much to say. Uh, just really, really unbelievable performance. I didn't expect that at all. I thought that he was going to come out there, have a couple of you know, good, good moments and, you know, kind of show that he knew the offense, but I know nowhere in my wildest dreams that I expect that kind of performance from him. Uh, it, it was unbelievable. And when you have Patrick Mahomes tweeting about you, you know that yeah. you're doing something right. Um, and like you said, everybody was tweeting about him. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was also really cool. I, I've already mentioned, I, I went to the same high school as him and to see people locally down here in Atlanta. I mean, he was the talk of the town and people were uh, texting me about him and we're, we're talking about him and there was a write-up in the local paper. I mean, it was just very, very cool um, in a lot of different ways. And listen, uh, at the very least, I mean, you can say, you know, whatever. You can say, oh, it's a flash in the pan or, you know, they're going to figure him out eventually or he can't sustain that. He can't take all those hits. At the very least, this guy proved that he deserves a shot. I'm not going to say that he's QB1. I'm not even going to say that he's QB2 right now. But he deserves a shot to come in and and compete because that's all that dude has ever done. Back in high school, in college at Old Dominion, all he has ever done is competed. And he showed that last night, man. And that's the kind of football player I think that any guy would want, but especially Ron Rivera. I think that's the kind of guy that he he loves, a guy that's going to compete and not uh, be – He'll be knocked down, that's for sure. We saw it, but he he's not going to be afraid to get back up. So that dude earned all kinds of respect, I think, across the league from his teammates. I mean, we're hearing it even today from some of his teammates. Um, just a very awesome moment, and I, I'd love to see him in, in camp next year and, and competing for a spot, whatever that may look like. Yeah, and I can't stress enough, like that wasn't like a preseason game 
That was right. in the playoffs against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Like, not a terrible defense at all. But in the playoffs, like, coming into that moment, just that, that spotlight. We know yeah. how, how hard it is, you know, being in Washington, the just the pressure we fans put on the team and the organization to do well. He literally stepped up and was just like, all right, this is exactly what I wanted. Yep. And he's and, had and, big games before. And he takes a deep shot and his guy drops it. And, you know, he First still pass. comes right back out. Yeah, I mean, that could have been a confidence breaker for a lot of guys. And then on top of that, they, the running game was nowhere to be found. I mean, in a lot of ways, this this dude did it all on his own. Yeah, he and was that's, the that's running incredible. game. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> As we yeah, saw. Exactly. But, and like you said, he's from your high school. He went to ODU here in Virginia where I'm at. This dude is a baller. He holds the FBS record, D1 football record for passing yards in a game. Do you know what that record is? Oh, man. It's got to be something insane because I know there are a lot of big 12s that have gotten crazy. I'll oh, say it is big. 600. Nope. <laughs> You'll not I'll... believe this. He once threw for 730 yards. Not total yards. This is passing alone. Passing against New Hampshire. And their defense must have been terrible because the final score was 64-61. Like, that looks like some basketball game. He threw for 730 yards. He's fourth in FBS history with 132 touchdown passes. He's sixth in FBS history in passing yards with 14,959. Like, the dude's a baller. Yes, he went to a small school. And, yeah, he was in the league for a little bit and kind of just bounced around teams. He was with Ron for a little bit in Carolina. And then just kind of fell out once the XFL. You just never know. Like you said, he absolutely deserves a shot. Is he quarterback one? Who knows? He might be. Is he quarterback two? Like, maybe. Can he just completely suck the next time he plays and then just fall off the face of the earth again? Like, who? you don't know. There's literally any kind of possibility, but you have to bring this guy back in. You have to put him on the roster to compete. When we talk about quarterback of the future, whenever that is, you know, coming up here, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna compare their situation. It's gonna sound like a dig, but I promise it's not. So whenever we talk about that, I'm gonna make a comparison that okay. you may or may not like. That's just a fair warning. I'm yeah. I'm prepping myself for it. Um, but last little interesting nugget. On Heineke, he finished with a PFF grade of 92, which is the highest by a Washington quarterback in almost 14 years. Yeah. And I I sent out a tweet last night that this was the best quarterback play we've had in a long time, and it got a lot of love. It was nearing like 1,500 likes. Um, So the world was watching. Everyone was impressed with Heineke. I think the entire fan base is going to be pushing for him to come back. If you had to say right now, what the quarterback situation looks like next year. Three quarterbacks. You don't have to give exact names because I'm going to give you my example first just to set. This is what I think the quarterback room looks like. Alex Smith will retire. ESPN came out today that he wants to take a few weeks. Think about it, like a month or so. Completely understandable. Like, I get it. Uh, I'm going to jump in real quick. I totally agree with you. I think he retired. He's Yeah. I think we actually, like, saved, like, 14 mil or something, don't we? I don't know. I'll have to look into it. But I think he retires. I've been saying this for weeks now. He can't go a full 16-game season. And I don't think he just retires for himself. He retires for his family. 
then also for the team because he knows he can't go 16 games. It took what four or five full straight games for him to you know have to tap out because his leg was getting sore. I just don't want to see him have to push through a full offseason of working out, working on that leg some more, and then try to go a full season. So I think he retires. Alex Smith is gone. I think Kyle Allen comes back. I mean, you did use a fifth-round pick on the guy. Mm -hmm. He -hmm. knows the system. He's at least a quarterback insurance, maybe QB1. Our guy Nate Coleman loves Kyle Allen, shows that he was the most efficient quarterback in that small sample once again, small sample. We don't know if it can maintain. We don't know how long he can go for like that. So I think Kyle Allen comes back. I think Heineke comes back. I Like I said, I think he deserves a chance to compete. He showed he's a baller. He showed he's mobile. He's smart with the football. Throws with a purpose. I approve. The Washington fan base approves. Heineke's in. And this is no specific order. I'm not saying Allen, QB1, sure, Heineke, sure. QB2. And then I think we draft a quarterback. I told you this the other day. I don't think many free agent quarterbacks move like people think they they, they will. Um, obviously, more about Watson came out today, how he's open to going to Miami. That would be huge, first off. But I think the only quarterbacks that are really going to move is like Jimmy G., um, I think Stafford stays in Detroit. I think Dak stays in Dallas. Um, I think Matt Ryan stays because of his contract. Um, I'm trying to think who else is out there. Can you think of any other free agent that's been rumored to come to Washington? Maybe I mean, Tyrod. Maybe, right. and I'll well, be so well, mad. Yeah, I'd be livid. Like what? What does Tyrod bring that is different than Kyle Allen and what we saw in Heineke? But anyways. I'm going to get attacked for that because there's a lot of Tyrod Taylor fans on the Washington fan base. Maybe because he went to Tech. I don't like Tech, so sorry. Um, but I just I just don't see as many free agent quarterbacks moving. Like, people think so. So I think we draft a guy. And the more that I think about it, I think Ron is so high on Kyle Allen and maybe now Heineke that he doesn't draft a quarterback as high as I originally thought. And I've been that guy that said, Draft Mac Jones and, you know, the first, <laughs> maybe the second, like, if he by chance goes that far. But I could see us drafting, like, Kellen Mond or a guy like that in the fourth round, sure. fifth round, just in case. Just in case. Have a competition in camp. Let Heineke, Allen, and this guy that you draft go at it. It yeah. seems like every year we have injuries at quarterback anyways, so just load up. I'm not saying go get Dak and Matt Stafford and, and like Tyrod Taylor, just let them all three go at it. But it's it's a cheap quarterback room. I think it's by far the cheapest quarterback room in the NFL if Alex Smith leaves. It's got to be. Um, oh, oh yeah, 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 no doubt. I mean, a guy that you traded for a fifth round, and Taylor Heineke had a great game yesterday, but he's not going to break the bank by any no. means. So you're absolutely right. They're he's not about to get the max deal. <laughs> Assuming they don't get a veteran of some enormous stature, you're right. The, the quarterback's going to cost them pennies compared to some other teams. Yeah, I I just think we draft a guy later on that could potentially pan out um, and just put his two cents in this quarterback competition. Like I said, maybe like a Kellen Mond, I could see him being in the system. And we're going to talk about a ton of quarterbacks after you know this episode going forward with the draft podcast. But to me, that's my three. Allen, Heineke, draft quarterback. What do you think? I uh, I, I like what you're saying. Uh, I think I could be talked into that. 
I just think that uh, one way or another, they're going to land a veteran. And I don't, I mean, I would love for it to be Stafford. I would love for it to be Watson, but I think that those are crazy. However, I think that they'll try to find some sort of cheap veteran out there. I say cheap. I don't think any quarterback's going to be super, super Maybe cheap. Maybe Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, something like that, that it'll, at least you know you've got a guy that can start if Kyle Allen is not Nate fully Sudfeld. healthy. Yeah, there you go. Nate Sudfeld. <laughs> Bring him back. Uh, but you're right. A guy, a guy that could come in and start if they need him to, if Kyle Allen's not ready, if Taylor Heineke turns out to be a Cinderella and, you know, yesterday was a total fluke. Um, here's, here's the co- comparison I was going to make. Nick Foles. I don't mean bring in Nick Foles. Don't don't get me wrong. I think that Kyle Allen and potentially Taylor Heineke could be Nick Foles for Scott Turner. We saw Nick Foles, the way he ran Doug Peterson's offense, he ran it all the way to a Super Bowl, right? It was something about Carson Wentz that just, for whatever reason, didn't click with Doug Peterson. I mean, he was having the MVP season, but other than that, you know, other than that, like, stretch, there's nothing special. I could really see Kyle Allen or Taylor Heineke being the system quarterback that, for whatever reason, just totally gets what Scott Turner's trying to do. Uh, you're right. Uh, Kyle Allen probably looked like he, at times, like he was the best quarterback this season. Again, limited sample size, like you're saying. So it makes me wonder if they don't roll with these two. I, I'm throwing out the third quarterback altogether. If they don't roll with these two because they get the system so well, and they, they, I mean, it was kind of obvious, other than the Dallas game, I mean, Kyle Allen and uh, Taylor Heineke probably had the two top three performances for this offense this year. And so it makes me wonder if these guys just, they click, they get it going, they get whatever they need out of the offense, they take what the, is given to them, and they ride with these guys. And so then maybe you're right, they do take a, a lower draft pick. I think... I think that they try to find a veteran, and I think that they try to find a guy that can come in and start and, and be a solid quarterback. Because, again, Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, you don't know enough. However, I think that regardless, I, I think you're right. I don't think they draft a quarterback as high as we were maybe thinking a couple of weeks ago. I don't think they go in the first round unless a guy that they love falls. Like Trey not, Lance, you can't exactly. pass that up. Exactly. I saw him fall in a couple of mock drafts. And I don't, I don't know that even if they don't get a quarterback in the first round, they come back in the second round. You know, I think that regardless whether it's a veteran that comes in or a, a, a draftee, I think that draft pick is third round or later. And uh, I think I'd be okay with that. I, I think that Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke, and I said it a couple of weeks ago, I, I would be fine. I think you could do a lot worse. At now I've seen Alex Smith. I don't think that he is a part of the equation. But you could do a lot worse than Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke, at least knowing the system. Uh, you know, from what we've seen in small sample sizes, I, I think you could do a lot worse. And uh, obviously they're going to try to improve and they're not going to settle. I mean, quarterback is the most imp- important position on the field. So that's why you go after a veteran. I think you try to find one of these guys, but you're right. They don't move around. I mean, Kirk Cousins signing that huge free agent deal going from team to team. That doesn't happen. Like yeah. there's a reason that was so rare for Kirk Cousins. So you're absolutely right. But I think that they do try to pull off a trade or try to make something happen. I, whether or not it happens, I think they exhaust all those measures before they go to just these two guys. Uh, I think that's safe to say. Yeah, and what you mentioned with Heineke and Allen being the most comfortable in the system, they were both with Ron before and both with exactly. Scott Turner before. Exactly. So they, they do know what to expect. They know the all, kind of offense that they're running. 
And Heineke, I think, went all the way back to Minnesota with Scott Turner. Yeah. So there's a lot of familiarity there. Obviously, they, they brought Kyle Allen in in Carolina. You're absolutely right. That's part of the relationship is just they've known him for so long. Yeah. And they fit that RPO motion. And, you know, we haven't seen – this is just honest truth. We haven't seen a full season of Scott Turner's full offense. Mm-hmm. One, because of we don't have the weapons. Our wide receiver, two is a practice squad, Cam Sims. Just being, yep. being blunt. Love Cam Sims, but it's not realistic. And we don't have a true tight end one. I think Logan Thomas has been damn good this season. I don't think he's a true tight end one, and we're going to get to that in a little bit when we play our game. Um, am I comfortable with him being tight end one if, if that's what we are you know, rolling with next season? Yes, but I know yeah. we can upgrade it. Um, but also, like, how much was this offense limited with Haskins and a not mobile, not the same Alex Smith? You can tell night and day on the offense how different it looked with Heineke in there and when Allen was in there, how much they used that mobile quarterback field, used the RPO, used more motion, just really spread the field out. Heineke was going deep at all costs last night, and even in the Carolina game. like That's the one we talked about. He had that home run factor that we knew Alex Smith sadly didn't have and Haskins never had, except for like one pass, but... I just feel like with those two, and they, would you, do you think it's fair to say they kind of play the same or no with Heineke and Allen? Yeah, and maybe it is just, you know, maybe that is what Scott Turner has kind of molded them into that. Cause I mean, they've definitely had the most success when they've been with Scott Turner. And so, yeah, there, there was a lot of similarities. Like you said, they're not going to blow anybody away with their speed, but if they need to get out on the edge or they need to scramble for some yards, they can make it happen. I mean, it's not a coincidence that that was the first rushing touchdown for Washington since Kyle Allen, I think against the Rams. Uh, so there, there's definitely some need for mobility. I mean, Scott Turner was working with Cam Newton. You're not going to get a more mobile quarterback than that. So yeah. that's definitely important. And, um, you know, you're right. I, it would be interesting to see a guy that is fully healthy try to run that offense I think this year would have been totally different uh, for the offensive side of the ball yeah and people were really harsh on Scott Turner's play calling and just how the offense looked at certain times but just keep that in mind we haven't seen a full season like imagine what a full season of Taylor Heineke last night would have been like like we'd be praising Scott Turner right now we'd be like yes imagine if we had an actual wide receiver too an actual, you know, full-on receiving tight end. Like, if this offense was full force, like, we, we would have beat the Bucks, No doubt about it. So that leads me to our game yep. that we kind of came up with. You had a brilliant idea. You're full of great ideas. Great addition to the pod. Love it. First, we're, the headlines we're now. This. Team. We're a good team. We each have ideas, Love and it. the other one helps flesh those out and make it, make it good. <laughs> so this one is called Keep Draft Sign. Yes. You have to keep a guy on the team. And it's not going to be like the obvious ones like Terry, Chase Young. Like, obviously, they're safe this Guys year. that are, are probably yeah. going to, or there's a chance they would leave. Yeah. Any player in the draft that you could draft, realistically, like, obviously, Trevor Lawrence isn't an option for us. Right. So, realistic drafts and then realize, realistic free agents real we ass. could sign. Real ass free agent. Real, real, <laughs> a real free agent. Which we killed last year, which we've been talking yeah. about. So, Brian, let's start with the keeps. I, I, 
I'm pretty sure I know who you're going to say. It's the same I'm going to say, so I had to pick a backup. So I'm going to let you go first. Keep one guy that's on that borderline, could possibly leave Washington. Who are you putting the shield around? Who are you keeping? Yeah, I did the same thing because I think we're. I think there's just an obvious one, and that's right, so our sheriff. All, yeah, our all pro guard. I mean, he, he, he's a baller, man. He's a mauler. That holding penalty, which was his first holding call all year, which wasn't even that was a, a penalty. Half hold. Yeah, I mean, he he's the real deal, man. And I think he was hungry, and I think he deserves it. I know he's been banged up, but when he's out there, I think he makes a huge difference. So Brandon Sheriff, I think you sign him. I don't think you get outrageous, um, but I think you sign him into a long-term deal and lock up that right side for a long time. And the people are saying we're going to have to throw the bag at him because he did get first-team All-Pro, and I understand that. Um, the one thing that does worry me and that I've been saying for a little bit is, like, do you really go all-in on Sheriff, who's had an injury each of the last three seasons, I want to say, and missed games because of it? Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, yes. Why? Because you want to keep that consistency on the line. It seems like every other spot stepped up. People are saying we still need to draft an offensive lineman in the first. I don't think so. I think our I offensive think so line either. is great this year. I yeah. think we got a lot out of guys like Wes Schweitzer. Uh, Cornelius Lucas has been dominant. Morgan Moses stepped up his game. We locked in Chase Roulier. So I feel like we need to keep that that spot in. Right guard for Sheriff. I say we have to keep him. If he gets hurt, it's part of the game. Like, I get it. You can't just say, oh, let's not keep a guy because he might get hurt. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, I, I hope that signing Chase Roulier to his extension was just an indicator of things to come. Like, I think that they realize how important it is to have these guys out there on the offensive line. I think continuity is so important for oh, yeah. an offensive line and for those five guys to play together and play well. You, you probably don't want to to mess something up. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, yeah, absolutely. You don't – I agree. I don't think you have to throw the bag at him. I think you can be realistic with him and say, hey, you know what? You have been a little bit injured, but you're, you're a difference maker, and we want you here, and I, I think it makes too much sense not to. So, yeah, Brandon Sheriff is the obvious one. I figured we'd both go there. Yeah, I'm curious and- to know who your backup is, but go ahead. I think we have the same backup too, <laughs> but – um. And I saw on Twitter, one of the media members or someone tweeted out that Morgan Moses said to Sheriff after the game, this is not our last game playing together. I like it. And uh, Morgan Moses and Sheriff both were just raving on how highly they think of Ron, just saying like how the whole team has been all in. Sheriff individually said, I love you know playing for Ron. I love this locker room. I love this team. After last night, like I felt really good about locking him in. I feel like... Yeah. He he would, you know, take that reasonable cut to, you know, be like, we're trying to build a team. Like, I'm not going to be selfish and say, no, go all in on me, throw the bag at me. I think he'd be one of those guys that, I mean, he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid well. Yeah. He's going to get paid like a first team all pro guard because that's what he is. Um, so yeah. throw it at him. Who is your backup? Mine was Ronald Darby. Oh, yeah, absolutely. See, I knew you would I too. Think, uh, I think more than anything, I mean, I think he had a solid season and maybe he was playing, you know, because it was a contract year. He had a one-year show-me deal. But more than anything, I'm just terrified of the depth behind him or lack thereof. Fabian Moreau disappeared. Whether or not he played, I, I couldn't tell you half the time. And then he'd be out there and I'd, I'd have to remember who number 25 was. 
Jimmy Moreland, I think, is a solid story, but I think he also is a seventh-round pick, and you're going to only get so much out of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Kendall Fuller's solid, but you need another corner, and I think Darby fits perfectly. Uh, he's from the area. Makes too much sense. I think He's he, so cheap. Yeah, and I think you – yeah, I don't think it's going to be too much, but I think you break him off to reward him for a great year and hope that he can continue in that trend of being just a solid kind of dog out there. Yeah, and I think we will, like, I think we found our fix um, with uh, Cam Curl in the secondary. Ronald Darby, he was only one year, three mil. Like, I feel like that's good. I feel like we could sign him to another one, two-year deal, and I'd be okay with that at corner. Yeah. You know, rolling with him and Fuller again. He had a bad game last night, but like we said, there's so many weapons against the Bucks. It just, it's going to happen. Like, right. you can you only do it so much against that, especially when we're not getting to the quarterback. Um, and then linebacker core, obviously, will address that too. But if you tell me next season we roll with Fuller and Darby, I'm fine with that. He had a lights-out season until last night. We can't ask for a perfect season for a guy that we spent a mil, I mean, one year, three mil on. So, I love Darby. I'd say he's our backup. He's my number two. Um, so, to the fun ones. Draft. Mm-hmm. Locked in pick 19. And your your pick doesn't have to be at 19. It could be someone that you like in a later round. But I just happened to pick at 19, and I was stuck between two guys. It's so hard. So I'll let you go first. I uh, I really – I'm not going to cop out, but I think you take the best pet pass catcher available. And for me, that's uh, Kyle Pitts. Oh, I, would, I would love to have... – man, we're going the same way. It's crazy. Let me get my pen. Uh, I, I really think that, you know, I was surprised to see that he was there. For me, he just kind of is just a baller, and I think he would be so huge. I think you can use him in a bunch of different ways. I think it makes Logan Thomas better because he's not the number one tight end there. Um, he just is unreal. Trask wasn't the same quarterback without him. We saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's just a difference maker, man. And with, on an offense that desperately needs weapons, he needs the quarterback first but desperately needs weapons. I mean, you can't get much uh, better than a pass-catching tight end that really could play wide receiver if you need him to. So um, I'm going to go Kyle Pitts there. If for some reason one of your boys from Alabama drops, I'd have to really consider one of them too, Waddle or Smith, but I don't think they're going to be there. I think Pitts is, and so I would jump on that right away. It would take me two seconds on the clock. Absolutely. I, I would not even blink twice. Pitts is just a mismatched nightmare for anybody, especially linebackers. He is going to wreck the league, and I cannot stress that enough. Just his athletic ability to go up and get the ball. I mean, like a wide receiver, like a Larry Fitzgerald kind of possession guy, it's scary. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen a tight end like that um, probably ever coming out of college, to be honest with you. And it's a no-brainer. If he's there, you absolutely get him. Uh, like you said, I don't think Waddle Waddle's not going to be there. There's no way. I think the only one that would have a chance is Smitty, um, just because I've been talking, you know, skill positions with Nate all the time. And the only the one thing that people knock Smith on so much is his size, but he plays like he's Julio Jones. Like he plays like a big wide receiver. But some guys might be scared of his size, and he could fall to 19. It would be crazy for the Heisman-winning mm-hmm. Blitnikoff award winner, SEC record-breaking wide receiver to fall to right. 19. But <laughs> I think Kyle Pitts is definitely more likely. Um, 
he has to be it. As soon as you picked him, I'll pick somebody else. And for me, it's someone that probably a lot of people have never even heard of. His name is Zavin Collins. Mm. Middle linebacker. To me, he was the best linebacker in college this year. Um, and I feel like around this time, like I really wanted Micah Parsons, but he's going way early. But just look up Zavin Collins, linebacker from Tulsa, 6'4", 260. He'd be a great middle linebacker for us. I feel like KPL was great this year. Once again, another cheap free agent who we had no idea who he was. Came mm-hmm. in, did a good job. Then you have Cole Holcomb. I just feel like we're missing that middle linebacker. And once again, we don't know what Ruben Foster looks like. There's so many questions still there. But I just don't think John Bostic is it. I don't think he's yeah. athletic enough to be that middle linebacker role. Yeah. I, I was going to say, all the linebackers, I mean, Holcomb and, and KPL played out of their minds. Um, Bostic had a couple of uh, nice plays, but I think it was all coaching. I think that, that Jack Del Rio got the most out of his linebackers. It'd be nice to have a guy that's just a legit stud and doesn't need a whole lot of coaching. And So a linebacker pick there makes a lot of sense. Uh, can't go wrong with that. And I think that I think that a, a lot of these linebackers on this Washington football team this year are situational role players at best on a really, really, really good defense. They just happen to be the best that Washington had, and I think you got to try to upgrade maybe across the board there. Yeah, so Zavin actually won a couple trophies um, this season. He won the Bednarik Award, which is the best defensive player of the year, um, and the Bronco Nagurski Trophy. Um, but if it's not him, there's a guy, uh, another linebacker from Notre Dame, Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa. I probably didn't say that right, but I feel good about that. Budkiss Award winner, the best linebacker in college. Another stud who's mm-hmm. be a great coverage linebacker for us. Um, I just feel like that's the one big piece missing and another safety. Yeah. Um, but I'd be okay with those guys because so they're, they're both studs. But Pitts, I'm glad we agree on that. Number yeah. one for us. That instantly takes our offense over the hump. Then you roll with whatever quarterback you want. You have Tressway punt it to Kyle Pitts, and he's going to catch it. (laughs) So, got that locked in. This one, I'm very interested in hearing your thoughts. Free agent signing. I have my guy. You better not have picked the same one as me. Go ahead. I Okay, I... I for the record, in my my mind, I was taking out any quarterbacks. Yes. uh, Trade, free agency, all that. So I went, I went with another playmaker. I went with Allen Robinson. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did we just do that? This is the worst segment ever. Look at this. I didn't even write it down. It's just been in my head. I've Alan been wanting Robinson. him for so long. I just think he's such a solid wide receiver. All he does is just catch the football. and um, With nobody. Yeah, he's played with awful quarterbacks maybe his whole career. Going back to Blake Bortles, he probably made Blake Bortles look decent in the Jacksonville's uh, year or two of success. So A-Rob would be my pick. Um, I'm sorry to steal another one from it's you. Okay. We just went across the board. We're just going to like tonight. Um, so, But he would be huge. I think he would free up uh, Terry McLaurin. I think he would make plays. I think that uh, – I really think this offseason needs to be all about the offense. Obviously, you need some linebackers. We already talked about that. But uh, overall, I think this, this offseason needs to be about upgrading the weapons and finding a guy that can get it to them. I think those are huge, and I think if the offense was even serviceable in some of these games, that we're talking about a a double-digit win team. So I was with you. 
Allen Robinson. He has twelve hundred and like sixty, twelve hundred fifty yards this season. With Nick Foles playing terrible and Mitch Trubisky, six three. He's only twenty seven years old. I just have always wanted that taller, lengthier uh, wide receiver to kind of complement Terry. Yep. Like obviously he's not like a Calvin Johnson. He's not like six six, like that big. But still six three, lengthy possession kind of guy. Still fast, good separation. Um, Curtis Samuel's another guy I'd be cool with. Obviously mm-hmm. young, fast. You can. Run plays with him. I mean, we talked about him um, during the pregame show with the Panthers game. Just an offensive weapon. A guy that Ron's played with. Um, But I'm going to think outside of the box. Someone that I really wanted last year. Justin Simmons. Safety uh, for the Broncos. I like it. Uh, A free safety to, like, something (laughs) we need bad. Um, He's... Still young, 27 years old also, but he's also from Manassas, Virginia. So not too far away. Young guy, um, also Marcus May, Jets uh, safety. He's he's a free agent this year too. He's a beast. But I'll go defense. I'll say Justin Simmons since you stole Robinson from me again. Uh, but still, both guys would be huge. So, I mean, I think with our three picks, we're in the Super Bowl next season, right? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> No doubt. We're making moves. We're on the same page. I mean, if we're yeah. this simpatico, we just need to get in there and get Ron on board. So hire right. us. Think of a GM right now. Who you want? Who I want as a GM? Yeah. I, I still want Kyle Smith to stick around. I, yeah, I hope they elevate I him. Yeah. I think so, too. That's a whole other story. But anyways, so that's our opinions. I'm interested to, to uh, hear what everybody else thinks because – that's Hopefully you differ about. from us because that was pretty boring yeah. that we all agreed, but maybe it's that, that obvious. Maybe these are the guys they need to get. Literally first three, Sheriff, Pitts, Allen Robinson. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what I wrote. So I'm glad I had a backup because I had to go with Darby, Zavin, Collins, and Justin Simmons. Um, but I just want to give a huge shout out to literally everybody, especially Brian coming on. This was a fun season. I mean, Absolutely, crazy season. I mean, we've talked about everything that's happened on the field, off the field, but just all the opportunities we've gotten this season. I mean, from talking to the team president, Jason Wright, about the future of this team, you sitting down um, on Washington football today with Julie Donaldson. Like, I never would have thought that would come out of this. It's insane. Um, So just take a minute. Just say what you want about the end of the season. Obviously, the podcast isn't over. Like, we still have so much to talk about. But just – kind of just reflect on everything this season well thank you to you man for letting me jump on with you it's been so fun i mean we both love this team and then so the the chance to do it every week and maybe even more is just unbelievable and i've enjoyed every every second of it it's been fun to 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 break it down with you and i i know this is just the first year of many and like you said you know i i never would have dreamed that it would have taken off this quick the fact that we got to do a couple things that were just unbelievable and uh, a big thank you to the to the team too, like the way that they're going, just you know, on the field oh, with yeah. Coach Coach Ron, but also off the field, just all the right decisions they're making from their media people, their social media people, to to Jason Wright, Julie Donaldson, all of them. It's just been so cool and to play a tiny part, and that's been really awesome. And then uh, personally, it's just. You know, I have an eight-month-old daughter, and so to get to watch a couple of games with my daughter, I mean, that's not something I ever thought I'd say either. 
And so uh, it was really cool to, uh, even though she has no idea what's going on, to sit there and watch she football will. with, yeah, with my offspring. And it's just unbelievable. Um, just a really, really cool season. And um, I didn't expect a whole lot out of this team on the field, but they, they continued to show up and prove me wrong and prove a lot of people wrong. And so it was a lot of fun. I couldn't ask for a better season, man. It's been, uh, it's been really great. And thank you to, man, I get so many interactions on Twitter that I, I never expected. So people are listening and that's just really cool. So uh, thank you to you guys too. It's just really the perfect scenario. Yeah. I, that's who I think like we need to thank the most is the people that do listen. Cause if not, we would just be talking to ourselves and recording yeah. it, which, which is, is fun. Hey, that's totally fun. Kind of weird. Nice but... There are other people are listening as well. Yeah. Uh, but no, definitely. I've met a lot of awesome people on Twitter that I interact with on a daily basis um but no huge thank you but like i said this is obviously not the end it might be the end of the actual season but the football doesn't stop like if you look at the nfl media guys like they were up again first thing this morning they're like yeah the season never really ends like we just keep going um but no go ahead i was gonna say as much as we're realizing like the moves that the this team needs to make you got to think that there are guys that are already working on it uh from uh from their perspective so i'm excited to see the off season and the NFL is so entertaining even when they're not on the field. So it'll be a lot of fun, and we'll be there every step of the way. Yeah, I promise you Jason Wright was at work today. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't take a day off. Um, but no, like I said, huge things coming. Obviously, we're starting the network, which is launching soon. I'm working on the website. I'm going to do like an official announcement. Um, actually picked up a guy who's going to be a writer and contributor for us. Played at nice. the University of Miami, Ohio. Has a lot of connections to some football players. Won the MAC championship in 2019. Huge Washington fan. Lives out in Ohio. So just branching out to other states. You and Georgia. You know, it can't just be us Virginia boys. You know, bringing all the knowledge. All the Virginia guys and gals. Um, So I like that we're reaching out. I love having a guy that has a football background. Um, He's going to hop on some pods every now and then. But just, you know, give his insight. Give that football background. I didn't play. I wish I did. That's like my biggest regret in life probably. But um, just having him on, I'm excited about that. And I'm just stoked to introduce the whole team. Um, so that's coming up soon. But next up is going to be a draft podcast actually where we keep talking quarterbacks. Eventually we're going to break down skill positions, talk about all the help we need on offense, tight end, wide receiver, talk about the offseason moves, break some pods down if Big moves are made, so as we've learned this season, it's not boring being a Washington fan. Something crazy always happens, so stay tuned. Um, our next pod's going to be the draft pod coming out next weekend, I believe, actually. So I will get with y'all on that. But Brian, anything before we salute to this second season of the Burger Network podcast? First, uh, with you. Yeah, thank you again. It's been awesome, and hail to the Washington football team for however long they're called that and moving forward to whatever the name is. H-T-T-W-F-T. That's right. Hey, I'd rock with it. Like I said, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Stay tuned for more content, live video shows, what? Might be doing that, and draft content, which everybody loves. Thank y'all for tuning in. See y'all soon.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.